Uh, Michael, if you'll help me, I need two chairs right here. Not too close to the edge. And then I need Jada and Alex to join me in these two chairs. Oh, my Lord. I blame that on Pastor Rhonda because fortunately I have, I, have an, I have another, fortunately. We want to honor these three for successfully graduating high school. How cool is that? And it is a tradition at Church of the Harvest that we read the writings of a famous doctor. This is not a cancer doctor or a heart doctor. This is a children's doctor. Would anybody venture to guess what we're reading? Do you have the lyrics? Allison, do you have the lyrics like you did last year? Okay, I'll give you just a second. We'll, we'll just stall just for a second. Okay, the second's up. <laughs> Congratulations. Today's your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own. And you know what you know, and you are the guy or girl who decide where to go. You'll up, look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of town. It's opener there in the wide open air. Out there, things can happen and frequently do to people as brainy and footsie as you. And when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along. You'll start happening too. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang, and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true, that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch, and your gang will fly on, and you'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, and the chances are then you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. You'll come to a place the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're dark. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right, or right in three quarters, or maybe not quite? Or go around back and sneak in from behind. Simple it's not, I'm afraid you'll find, for a mind maker upper to make up his or her mind. You can get so confused and you'll start into race down long wiggly roads at a break 
necking pace. A grind on for miles across weirdish wild space, headed, I fear, towards a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for when to fly the kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. No, that's for you. Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. With banner flip-flapping, once more you ride high, ready for anything under the sky. Ready because you're that kind of girl or guy. Oh, the places you go, there's fun to be done, there's points to be scored, there are games to be won, and the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winning winner of all, fame. You'll be famous, as famous can be, with the whole wide world watching you win on TV. Except when they don't, because sometimes they won't, I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too, games you can't win because you'll play against you, all alone. Whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet some things that will scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on. But on you will go, though the weather be foul. On you will go, though your enemies prowl. On you will go, though the hack and crocs howl. Onward up many a frightening creek, though your arms may get sore and your sneakers may leak. On and on you will hike, and I know you'll hike far and face up to your problems, whatever they are. You'll get mixed up, of course, as you already know. You'll get mixed up with many strange birds as you go. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft, and never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and one-eighth percent guaranteed, kid, you'll move mountains. So be your name Buxom or Bixby or Bray or Mordecai Allen O'Shea. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting, so get on your way. Can we give them a hand clap of appreciation? <laughs> we'll, that's yours. Oh, you, you, you can go now. <laughs> Christine, yours is in my office, okay? Another hand clap of appreciation. I wanted Alex to stand with me just for a moment and tell us uh, some things of some things happened in school that has promoted him to a, a level of excellence. Tell us what's what's happening. You're going to school. You know. Are you talking about college? Yes. Or? Oh. College is good. Yeah. You're not getting married, are you? Okay. Just call, what, 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 how did you get a ride to college? Oh, I got a dual scholarship for track and field and football. A double. A double. And I want to say you won the shot put and the javelin throw. Okay. Javelin is legal in Tennessee. Oh, it is. But I didn't know that. 
this past Friday um, was the sectional meet to qualify for state finals, and I had won that meet. Was it a 10-pound or 12-pound? 12-pound ball. 12-pound ball. So he, he won, and he got a full ride to? It's not a, exactly a full ride. Close. But it's close to it. Good. Awesome. Congratulations. So, thank you. Where? I'm uh, attending Tusculum University. In, in Greenville, Tennessee. Greenville, Tennessee. Greenville, Tennessee. What an accomplishment. What a, what a co accomplishment. I had a full ride to UCLA, Alex. I ran a 431 mile my senior year of high school. But to get, that's pretty fast, isn't it? Is that still fast today or is that slow? Is that pretty good? But to get to school, Alex, from my house, 20 miles, took three and a half hours to get there. L.A. traffic. You don't have freeways in LA, L.A., just a parking lot. You pull up, you park, there you have it. But we honor our kids, and we honor our, our, all of our ladies today. If you have a weapon with you, if you'll go with me to Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, a very familiar passage of Scripture. If I had a sermon title today, and I do, it would simply be entitled, Do You Hear, Do You Hear What You're Thinking? Do You Hear What You're Thinking? I've told this story to two or three. Uh, last week, I went to um, Subway. Uh, I'm not a Subway fan. It's not my idea of a good time, but... Uh, we had a, uh, Elio was working here, and he loves the Subway sandwich, so I went, got him a Subway sandwich. And there was a couple ahead of me, probably close to my age, or maybe a little younger, but somewhere in the 60 neighborhood, and she ordered her sandwich, and then she ordered him a 12-foot uh, roast beef with lettuce and tomatoes. Uh, when they went to put, when the guy went to put the tomatoes on the sandwich, uh, they weren't bright red, they were kind of an orangish color. How many have ever eaten an orange tomato? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a, just a different color. Well, she turned to her husband and talked about the tomatoes, so they decided to reject the tomatoes. So they paid for the two sandwiches and walked out the door. I, I stepped up the counter to order my sandwich, and the guy comes back in the store, unwraps his sandwich, 12-inch 12, 12 sandwich, and takes a handful of lettuce off the sandwich and throws it on the floor. Then he got another handful of lettuce, and he threw it on the floor. Okay, I'm standing here like, what in the world? And so the guy behind the counter said, excuse me, what was that all about? The guy said, you don't have any tomatoes. And the guy said, I, I have tomatoes. I have tomatoes right here. And the guy walked out. I cannot explain to you the seven different emotions that I experienced at that particular moment. 38 years ago, I would have followed him outside, and I would have beat the living daylights out of him. I promise you I would have. That's just the way I rolled. And he looked like I could whip him. <laughs> Ten years ago, I'd have, I'd have confronted him and told him exactly what I thought. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. How, how stupid can you be? And so when I went to pay, and I felt the lettuce was all over the floor, 
when I went to pay, I took a $5 bill, and I told the guy behind the counter, I said, this is for you to clean the floor. He said, you don't have to do that. I said, no, I just want to show you that all mankind's not like that. But in watching that scenario and watching that all go down, I look back in life and remember some of the stupid things that I said and did when I was younger. And the fact that I didn't beat him up is an accomplishment. The fact that I didn't chase him out the door and tell him what I thought about him was even more of a compliment. And I realized, you know what? I might be actually getting this sanctified stuff together. I might be doing better than I, better than I think. And so this week, in, in reflection, uh, as, I, as I've just been pondering and studying and listening and put a couple hours of teaching my spirit, read some stuff and studied and prayed, I felt like the Lord gave me something that will be a blessing to this house today. And I've learned that there are power in words. I've learned that le- words can kill, words can heal, words can build up, words can tear down. Words can do great things or words can be destructive. When I think of words, I always think of great people that had great things to say. I think about Abraham Lincoln declaring the Emancipation Proclamation. I think about Winston Churchill who told the world that London, England would survive. I think about Billy Graham whose word said that you need Jesus as your savior. I think about Mother Teresa who said, they die one at a time, so I'll help them one at a time. I think about John Kennedy that said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country. I think about the words of Paul Revere, not Paul Revere the Raiders, this rock group in the 70s, but Paul Revere from 1776 that said, give me liberty or give me death. I think of some of the great words in the Bible. I think of the words of Jesus. I think of the words of Paul. I think the words of David. I think of some of the great words that we've had in our life and in our experience, and I think of some words that have been useless, uh, not deserving to be repeated. Can anybody relate? But there is power in words. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that death and life. Notice he says death first because we have a tendency to be more negative than we are positive. But Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. This morning, as we reflect on what do you hear what you're thinking, Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you ponder, what are you thinking about? What are, you, what are your thoughts concerning? What, 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 are you, what are you walking through on a day-to-day basis? What thought process, process is in your brain? Because the more you think about it, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. The more you think about it, you'll begin to speak the words you're thinking about. So as you live your life, as you spend your day, as you go in, go out, come and go, like Dr. Zeus says, what are you thinking about? What is your thought process? What, what are you filling your mind with? Usually I can look at your checkbook and tell you what your priorities are in life because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, but we will sow in things that we believe in. We'll spend money on things that we want to be a part of our life. Can anybody relate? I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about the words of Jesus when the Bible says in, in Psalm 102, 107 and 20, it says, 
he sent his word, and his word healed them. I think about the power of the spoken word, the power of the sent word. I remember of the, the officer that came to Jesus. His uh, daughter was in the process of dying. I think she actually died. And, and the, the soldier told Jesus, listen, you don't even have to come. Just speak the word and my daughter will be healed. And what did Jesus say? I have not seen greater faith in all of Israel that this man had faith in the power of the spoken word and the power of the sent word because what you think is what you're going to say and what you say usually determines in what you're going to do. Do I have a friend in the house today? I've asked Courtney to help me. She's been so kind to bring me some tools here to help me with. Those of you listening by tape, just give me a moment to get all my stuff in place. Thank you. Thank you. So I have a blender and I have ingredients. I told Cordy just bring me some random ingredients. So she bought, brought me some evaporated milk, some rock salt, and some coffee, which is a perfect, this is a perfect analogy because what could you possibly do with three, these three ingredients that would amount to anything? Salty coffee with cream. Coffee a la cream. <coughs> salt a la coffee. Cream all salt. So you see, no matter what I do with this combination, I can put it in this container, but we're not going to come out with a lot of good stuff. Right. I want you to see this container as your brain. This is your brain on drugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain. And you allow every day for thoughts, for words, for experiences to fill your brain with stuff. And whatever you put into this brain, your brain will blend the stuff that you put in and it will create a, a beverage or a snack or a meal. So if you put this kind of stuff in your brain, you're not going to have a pleasant snack. How many sees that? How many sees There's nothing good that can come of these four combinations. But now I could have taken some strawberries and I could have taken some sugar and I could have taken some half and half, and I could have put, anybody getting hungry? I could have put those three things in this blender, and I could blend up a pretty good drink. How many would agree? This is your brain. This is the stuff you put in your brain. When you change your thought process, you're going to change your verbiage. When you start thinking good things, the Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the ability to have the mind of Christ, and we have the ability to speak his word. Or we can pursue the things of the world, and we can put worldish things in our brain, and the outcome usually is sad or sorry. Can anybody relate? This is your brain. These are the ingredients. We need to be careful what we're putting in our brain. So whatever we put in today, we'll speak or we'll declare tomorrow. 
There's three things you can do with your words. Your words can be reckless. If I'd had my way last week, if the, if the human in me would have had my way, I would have said some things to that guy that I would probably regret. Would I feel good at the time? Absolutely. Would I feel bad later? Yes. But I didn't speak the word. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have an attitude. I had an attitude, but I didn't let it reflect. And so I got to think to myself, man, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't hit him. I didn't cuss him. I didn't, I didn't chew him out. I didn't tell his wife that she'd married a fool. I thought all those things. I thought all those things, but I didn't speak them. I didn't declare them. Instead, I decided to focus on the problem, not on the problem maker. So when I saw the lettuce on the floor, I realized this guy's going to have to come out here to the push broom and a, and a, and a dustpan. He's going to pick this up. He's going to have to mop it. So I'm going to bless him. So I gave him $5 and blessed him. Hopefully, next time he thinks about lettuce on the floor, he'll think it was a prosperous adventure. They actually benefited by somebody acting stupid. Do I have a friend in the house today? I, I wanted to bring those, those three things to your attention, and I believe this morning that's all that I have for you, except there are two other things, two other things that you can do with your words. And we right now live in a generation of words. I think about words on the phone I think about words that you text. I think about words you Twitter. I think about the words of an Instagram, of Facebook. Before these, this social media was here, it was determined that each one of us during the day, if we have a nine-to-five job in the public eye, in, in, in a 24-hour period, we will speak 10,000 words. That's a, when you think about that, that's a lot of words to speak. But now that we've got social media, we're... T- we're texting, we're typing, it's cut down quite a bit, but still there's a lot of words that are going out of our mouth every day. Is our words going out to create or is our words going out to destroy? I believe that if we have confidence in the word of God and we declare what, what the Bible has to say and we speak those things, I think sooner or later we'll begin to operate in what we're speaking. So you can speak recklessly, you can say stupid things. I've, 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 pastor of a very healthy church, and I've not known of this, but I've known it earlier in life, where parents told their kids that they were stupid, or parents told their kids, you're just like your daddy, and sometimes that's not a good thing when they say that. You're, you're, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to this. You're never going to that. I don't know any of those parents right now in my life. I have parents in my life that speak to their kids, you're awesome. You're pretty special. I think you're great. I'm here to tell you there's nothing you can't do. And when you begin to speak those words of faith and those words of creative power into your children, they will hear those words, they will think on those words, and then they will operate on those words. So you have the power to either be reckless or you have the power to be able to speak life into people that's all around you. I think about those those words of those healing words that that God can use us to speak healing words. This week, this past week, there have been... um, uh, uh, Facebook, and there's been uh, texting from, I think I counted 11 states, different representatives of those states were communicating with us for Pastor Rhonda, telling her what a, what a blessing her mom was, and praying for her, and lifting her up. So there are things that we can do to build, and we can bless, or the things that we can crush or tear down. What is so crazy is that no one monitors our words, no one manipulates our words. It comes from our mouth depending upon what we put in our brain. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, as we begin to think the thoughts of God. And there was a transition in the Old Testament. Isaiah 55, God said, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Calvary changed all that. When Jesus died at Calvary and we got the mind of Christ, we can think the thoughts of God. We can declare the thoughts of God. We can know the thoughts of God. We can know what God is thinking. We can know what God is purposing. We can know what God is wanting to do in our life because we're filling this, this mind up here with good things. And when you fill this mind with good things, out of the abundance of the heart, as he thinketh in his heart, out of the abundance of his heart, you're going to speak life, you're going to speak blessing, you're going to speak healing, you're going to speak favor, and you're going to change the life of someone you come in contact with in the next 24 hours because you choose to be that light in a dark place. You choose to be that salt to make people thirsty. You choose to let God flow through you so you can be that river that just lets God flow through out of you to others. And the more that you flow out to others, the more God flows into you. Amen. Is that a good word? Amen. Good. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he allow you to be a light in a dark place. May the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable in his sight.